Hello, all you drunkies out there. A bit of a bonus episode for you today. Uh, we're going to come out with a regular episode next week in continuing our theme of, of Love Your Business February. But today we're all about loving the accounting industry and Zero and have released a report into the state of the accounting industry. Uh, we got the opportunity to sit down and have a chat with with Will Buckley, the country manager for Zero, about this report and the interesting insights that it came up with and, and what his opinions are and what we thought of it. So it's a great chat. Uh, so stick around and have a listen to our chat with Will about Zero's State of the Industry Report, and we'll see you later in the week. So with us right now today, we've got Will Buckley, Country Manager of Australia. Uh, we always love chatting to Will. It's been, what, since ZeroCon, which is like, I don't know, is that, is that almost six months now. How long ago? It was yeah, four months. Was September? Jeez. Oh, my God. Yeah. It, like, it doesn't feel that long. No, no, it, it feels like that we just went there, but it really was a while ago. Um, it was a while ago. Yeah. We should do this more often. <laughs> I'm still getting over the hangover, actually, from the rap party. <laughs> <laughs> was that you on the dance floor at all hours of the morning? <laughs> they have been. <laughs> but uh, no, we're, we're keen to chat to you, Will. We've got you on here today uh, to talk about the uh, state of the industry report that uh, that Zero um, have, have just come up with. And, and we're keen to get your thoughts on it, see what um, see what was the interesting tidbits from your opinion and and, and discuss in, in detail some of the things we thought were interesting as well. So well, why don't we start with, yeah, what were the highlights for you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so study industry report for us, I think like, we really wanted to just make the most of this moment, this opportunity where it feels like everyone's sort of over talking about the pandemic and its ripple effects and everyone's kind of on the same page of let's just start looking forward. So I think the inspiration and the timing was, was a big piece for us to, to make sure that we got that right and got everyone across the profession um, feeling motivated to sort of reflect on, okay, this is everything that we know that's happened in the past, but like, let's all get on the same page about what we're looking into in the future. And I think some of the highlights for me were definitely on how the role of the trusted advisor, both accountant and bookkeeper, like how that is starting to continue to evolve. Um, and I think the, the delineation between what is like traditional and like compliance-based services, how important that still is to the practice, but then how that is like growing into the next wave of opportunity. And it's not like a advisory or compliance. I think mm. there's like a really good appreciation, but it's, it's an and type of scenario. So um, compliance and traditional services and what are the non-traditional services that um, people are starting to look at. So that was really interesting and exciting. Um, not so much a highlight, but I'd say a low light is that 17% of the pref profession um, are still mandating people going into the office full time. Yeah, that's according to, to the report. One in five. Yeah, we saw we uh, saw yeah. that as well, and and mm. we're like, oh, okay. And there was 500 participants, over 500 participants mm. in this survey. So yeah, yeah it's uh, so that's one uh, almost 100 out of those 500 businesses still mandating. Yeah, so it's um it's it's a lot. So. Um, yeah, clearly, clearly more work to be done for everyone in the industry and, and the profession to kind of align on what that best practice model looks like and share mm. some learnings and lessons because plenty of stories have come through 
um, of people that have been doing it really, really well and what's that done for, for their business model. So, well, yeah. Even, um, but, yeah, we, we appreciated a lot of the stats in here because we were looking at it through our accounting firm's lens and kind mm. of saying, oh, yeah, we're – what are we doing? How, how do we fit into this category? How, how are we doing that? That you know, you're mentioning before the um, the you know compliance end or advisory end and all these mm. services that were listed, and there was things like HR and sustainability, and and we were sort of going through that. And I think Tim was like, I think we do all of these. <laughs> yeah. I think we're doing all of these services, um, which was, was that, which was, was that deliberate for you guys? Like, did you was that a conscious decision to go in there, or did you just how did it happen for you? It just sort of organically happened. Yeah. People were asking questions, so helping we, clients. So we started having mm. to figure out how to help them in those things. Um, there's, you know, there's some yeah. things we can't help in, and mm. there's some components of HR or sustainability that we're not going to be able to help with. They need a more specialized service than mm. than what we can provide. But yeah, clients just ask the questions, so we figure out how we can give the answers. Yeah, which could be a pro Do and a con, really, because it may draw us away from focusing in one area. Mm. And that's one way I looked at that stat. Mm. Uh, because, yeah, the range of services, um, I think it was on average less than 30% of the industry for each of the services. And some of them listed were like, if I just go page 13, we're talking about things like app software setup. The highest out mm. of all practices, the average is 34% are helping with mm-hmm. app software setup. That's not that much, That's really. Not that much. That's pretty low to me when I look at that. And then implementation of accounting software, thirty-three uh, percent of all practices. Yeah, I found that interesting. There's twenty-eight percent for smaller practices only helping with implementation of accounting software. That was astounding to me because so we help a lot of people. Then, yeah, right? set up zero files yeah. and how to use it, and that was pretty crazy. That that's mental. Um, and yeah, the list keeps going. So we're talking HR advisory. So yeah, that's. Not many people would do that. Um, Business performance benchmarking, only 15% of smaller practices said they were providing that service. Mm. Corporate secretary. And these are all things, you, you guys would all think that these are like essential services that yeah. business owners need. And your role as a trusted advisor, if you are a trusted advisor, would be to cater and offer them mm. some service in those areas. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, so yeah, it's, like, it's insights like that that are really interesting. You mm. just kind of reflect, okay. It's great to know and be aware of where the um, industry's at and kind of what what can we do, what problems can we start to solve to help the profession move along because it sounds like there's totally appetite and understanding that this stuff is valuable for, for your clients. So how can we all get there and mm. and meet clients where, where they are? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's – it's still the challenge. We've been talking about it for years. And then on the flip side of that coin, you've got high percentages of practices struggling to hit lodgement deadlines yeah too and i found that quite fascinating um the difference between smaller firms and larger firms in some of those stats as well so like the larger firms uh, i think that the question was um you know struggle to hit your deadlines often asking for extensions and and smaller firms were about half the percentage to say they struggled all the time and larger firms were about 60 mm-hmm. percent or something <laughs> said they're constantly struggling um which was which was fascinating to me because you'd think it might have been the opposite, that these bigger firms had the systems, had the software. You know, I think one of the earlier stats was that the larger firms, uh, the, the more profitable, more higher revenue firms were likely to use more apps. And so you'd think it would be the, the opposite, but it wasn't. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, I naturally went towards not so much the system side there, mm. but more towards the, the labor market and the mm. talent market yeah. and the shortages that you get there. Because that was another stat, 60% of all practices 
um, are citing that they're having serious concerns and challenges over recruiting and retaining talent. So, mm. yeah, like there's, um, there's yeah, it's, it's a mixed bag of, of insights that, that came through on the report. And I think that like the key call to action that everyone's trying to look for is what is my next best step that I can take yeah. in my practice to address some of these challenges that we're facing into because, Yes, it is like an uncertain economic environment. Um, and I mean, CPI is at 7.8% now. Um, so, the, yeah, the next 12 months, um, I think everyone's acutely aware of trying to lean in and, and understand what the right thing to do is for their own practices. But also um, a big part of that is how well you can support your clients. So just balancing that between how, how much support can you give clients and then how much of a healthy practice do you want to and need to maintain for yourself as well. Yeah. Um, and st- st- stuff like team well, um, people well-being and yes. across the practices is a big one too. So Yeah, um, well, not yeah. just that. I think a majority of firms reported that they were thinking it's likely that staff costs are going to go up so the wages are going to increase. and need to increase their fees. Yeah, and then they also need to increase their fees. So this, mm. yeah, it's, Even their clients are really struggling. S- yeah. Did you see that? Yeah, 45% have signaled that they're intending to increase their fees and then 44% have signaled that they intend to increase their staff um, staff salaries and wages as well. So there's like a direct relationship that people are looking to, to balance off, which... I mean, I'm actually surprised that that's not at 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, would have, I, w- I really would have thought that every... I mean, especially over the past couple of years and the amount of not just compliance, but the role that that compliance has played in delivering value over the past couple of years to clients to, to help those businesses just stay in business and, yeah. and get through. And some of the advice that has happened off the back of that, like I, I think it's a time now that we're at the back of the pandemic and we're going into economic recovery and, and looking forward. Like I feel like firm, firm owners should be pretty keen to um, understand like how they can charge what they're worth. Yeah. Um, and our view is, Tremendous value has been delivered. Like, call on that value now, and yeah. and yeah, look to lift your prices and look to reward and remunerate your staff as well at the same time. Yeah, and well, there was some interesting um, percentages around how the fees are being collected too. So, uh, fixed recurring fees uh, is less than fixed fee plus service. So it was interesting the way that was mm. sort of broken down. Yeah, but um, there's clearly a shift towards fixed fees yeah. or recurring direct debits um and so i guess it's just that's something we're talking about too in our business Mm. because i think there's been scope creep in support which means Mm -hmm. we're giving more support that the 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 water is muddy with Mm. how much help we're giving and it's not really about tax it's like Mm -hmm. oh hey um this is a pretty common one right now what's what the heck is stp2 yeah (laughs) (laughs) and and sometimes having conversations about Charging for that support is really tricky because it's not that complicated, right? Yeah. It takes 10 minutes, but then times that across 200 businesses, if you've got a, a small accounting practice, that's Absolutely. a lot of time. And, and I think, you know, we're, we're trying to not look back at COVID, but if, mm. if you think of what the effect of COVID has been, I think it's been that people turn to us for more and more support of different things. Mm. And they're just used to us answering the phone and yeah. having a chat about those types of things. But really, well, that is a service that we need to be able to figure out, well, what does that cost? What does that exactly. look like? What are we charging for support for something that's got nothing to do with your finances or yeah. it's got nothing to do with your tax? Yeah. Um, you know, what does that look like? And I think that's the whole point of this report is 
people don't know we're, we're just figuring it out yeah um you know i liked the the fixed fee plus service made a lot of sense to me because it's like all right well a portion of it's fixed and then mm. anything that's not this mm. we'll charge you for it mm. and like yeah i um <laughs> it's great that you you called out the 10 minute like it takes you 10 minutes to explain it but just mm. think of how how many years of professional experience it's taken you to be be able to explain it in ten minutes. So yes. don't fall into the trap of like undervaluing how valuable that ten minutes is. Exactly. So just because it's ten minutes of your time doesn't mean that um, it's ten minutes of their time. It so take a client a yeah, day it's like how do you, Yeah, exactly. Like how do you price and package and like demonstrate your pricing and packaging around that value that you're delivering? And sometimes time based just isn't the right way to approach it. Mm. Um, some, I was speaking to a, an owner of a firm a couple of weeks ago and he mentioned exactly this, that he used to bundle in his like all-inclusive support yeah. into his packages, mm. um, but he decided to split it out and he had his like fixed fee packages mm. um, of which none had support and then he had a separate support bundle that was basically, you can call me anytime you want and I'll take you through any guidance or, or um, answer any questions you have throughout the year, but there is a value um, that I'm going to attribute to that service. And he said, most clients were like, yep, cool. That's going to be valuable to me. So I opt into that and nice. it's a nice thing to have. Yeah. We, but, we started that journey a few years ago um, and trying to list it as a service with a price in our packages. Um, and we're recently thinking to scrap it all together and, <laughs> and, and, and start a whole new idea. Yeah. Uh, because yeah, we, we still have What's the idea. Go. Yeah. What's the idea? Tell everyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a few options. One of yeah. them is just up the price of that kind of service. Mm-hmm. So rather than X amount, whatever it was per month, having it as a much more valuable thing where you can call at any time and have us on call. That's, mm. that's expensive. So you should pay expensively mm-hmm. for it. Yes. Um, and then the other option was to have like a subscription to a ongoing adv- uh, support uh, yeah. group essentially. Mm. Um, so yeah, we're still working on that one. Maybe but like a weekly webinar as yeah. an example. So if yeah. the issue is we're spending half our day replying to emails and making phone calls and having the same conversations over and over, then especially mm-hmm. if it's just a simple tweak, mm. like it may be for setting up STP too. Well, imagine how um, quickly you could sort out everyone's problems by doing a webinar, um, spending one hour on that webinar across all of your client base. And then if they want specific advice and support, well, there's an extra fee for that. But if they mm-hmm. can just get it sorted from that webinar, mm. then that's great. We've just spent an hour rather than four hours a day mm. times five days a week. So hugely scalable and then sets you up to then introduce the service. I love it. Yeah. It's great. That's the, that's the thinking, but we're trying to innovate. <laughs> <laughs> we're trying to come up with better ideas. Long way to get that yeah. up and running, but because the definition of insanity is trying the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. So you guys are breaking that. Yeah, we're going insane. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's like, let's try lots of different stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Um, but but yeah, that's so good. And you guys are like, you're, you're sharing it as well. So, like it's just this is where I love the the idea of the community and just firm owners sharing what they're Mm. trying and what's working for them because there is no silver bullet like no one's come out with a silver bullet that I know of or that I've seen but different firms that are designed different ways are going to have different strategies that are going to work better for them than what they might for other firms but the only way you can sort of figure out which of those strategies is going to be relevant for you is like, if you like immerse yourself in all of the context and really engage with the community over a period of time to understand other people's context, yeah. mm. and then you can start to get a really good idea of like, Oh, 
that one that that firm tried a couple of years ago, that one might actually work for me now where I'm at in my journey. So It's like a little cheat sheet. You know the problems you have, um, but you kind of just need a couple of breadcrumbs Mm. to get you to the end result. And so whether that's listening Mm -hmm. to a podcast or looking at a Facebook community um, or, yeah, attending Zero Roadshow. Mm. As an example, and meeting some other accounting firm owners. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I didn't even have to plug it. Oh, that was great. Zero Roadshow coming up. Didn't, yeah. didn't know How's that, that soon, is it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Zero Roadshow kicks off next week, 17 locations, Australia-wide, all throughout the month of February. Check it out, zero.com forward slash Roadshow. Amazing. It's crazy not to go. Yeah. It's free, right? It's free too. It is. It is. It is free, and we'll um we'll have app partners there as well, like we always do. So um our app partners are there from a workflow perspective. Like, and I mean the big thing, yeah, like come for the content and the updates, um, and the app partners. But the big one generally is come to to socialize and spend time engaging with the community yeah. of other firm owners and stuff that are there. Um, that's where like most, most practitioners get a ton of, of value from coming to events like that. Definitely. We always say with our podcast, come for the content, stay for the banter. And maybe that's the same with uh, zero events as well. I think. <laughs> yeah. Come for the content, <laughs> stay for the slogan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what else did you find interesting in, in, in this report? What, what were any other highlights that, uh, that were sticking out for you, Will? Uh, some other highlights for me was uh, probably just on the economic side and just understanding um, how firm owners can start to lead their clients but also their people through change mm. um, and get ahead of the curve. And what we'll share at Roadshow um, is some, some stories from some partners and some interesting things that they are doing to get their teams ahead of some of the challenges that they anticipate leaning into, um, which is helping everyone get better prepared for uh, how they can navigate that with their clients. Um, so, yeah, that, that dovetails back to um, the, the number of non-traditional services and the fact that so many clients are now relying on a profession more often non-traditional mm. than what they have been in a traditional. Um, that was that was the key one for me. Yeah. Um, and another one is, I guess, going back to the talent shortage and how firms are trying to solve that. 71% of practices have experienced some change in their business structure, like an acquisition, emerging or establishing a new practice. That is 71%. Yeah. That was, that was, that, that um, was a highlight for me as well. When I was reading through it, I was, I was thinking, like how many of these mergers have been going on? How mm. like all, all these, obviously there's a lot going on in the industry. And mm. I, I don't know if, if some of that is a consequence of people just being tired from COVID and yeah. wanting to change or wanting to merge or whatever it is, or, mm. or um, they're just trying to find efficiencies. Um, yeah. But, but it, that was an interesting stat to me as well. Yeah, I, um, I've heard stories of bookkeepers coming on board with uh, accounting firms, accounting yeah. firms merging, accounting firm, accounting firm, um, divestitures as well. So mm. firms going their separate ways, wow. um, partial partial sales. So it seems like there's heaps of activity in the space. And I guess um, that's probably not surprising, um, mm. but it's probably like quite positive that there is a lot of activity um, and that it shows that firm owners are starting to make moves and understand like what's the next bet next action I should be taking in response to this mm. this new way of working, this this new economic environment. So that's a really positive one, but 
um, change can be hard. So that yeah. also means that a lot of firms are going through some change internally as well at the moment. I think it's reflective of the whole market yeah, too. I, was, I, mean. I was going to say there was some stats in there about where new clients are coming from as well. And, and there, was, there was a few from new businesses was a lot. And yeah. then there was... Um, yeah, well, basically the same types of thing we're talking about yeah. <laughs> that's happening in the accounting industry. A lot of mergers, acquisitions. Uh, and we're seeing that with our client base as well. Mm. It's a lot of businesses selling. Selling or closing. People changing, yeah. people selling. people, And then on the other side, there's lots of new businesses starting. Definitely. Um, so there's, there's just a lot of change right now. Yeah, so much change. Yeah, a lot of activity. Mm. Um, and yeah, everyone said like change is hard, but you can like you can get ahead of it. And if you just accept that, change is inevitable, mm. um, then you move your mindset into how am I going to best prepare myself to adapt and be prepared mm. and what can you do with your team to also make sure that they feel equipped um, to change as well. So, yeah, mm. lock down that tech stack and that workflow so yeah. you can be as efficient as possible is something that we hear time and time again from uh, the fastest growing and most adaptive mm firms that, are, that work with us and um, so lock down that workflow and know your tech stacks by client vertical and industry so that when a, a client does come to you with an opportunity or a, a new venture like you just you're on point with how you scope it up yeah. um, and roll out your pricing and packaging and your service model to, to them so yeah. yeah it's exciting activity is good I, I, I think it is too because you know sometimes especially when you're talking about changing your accounting firm, which is a lot of the theme of what we're talking about today, mm. it's really hard if you've got a 15-year client mm. and you're like, hey, jump on this new fixed monthly fee thing we're doing and uh, then when we do your tax work, we'll, uh, you know, maybe we'll add a little bit on top of that as well <laughs> to, just, <laughs> to ratify the difference in what we've charged you. They're not going to go for that. But the exciting thing about all of this activity, mm. potentially people selling, closing down, uh, merging, acquiring, is that you're going to have new clients and if you want to change your firm and onboard clients in a different way, mm. well, there's your opportunity, right? Yeah. That's the opportunity I see in it anyway. Not that we want to make wholesale changes in our practice, but it's definitely easier with new clients yeah. than it is for existing to change things. So Yeah, that's a really yeah. good point. I, I, um, I felt like the, the bottom line of the whole report and all the responses that like, demand for services of the profession is only going to be more than what it ever has been. Uh, and that is because of all of the change that has happened and how the profession and the industry has responded to that change. And to your point, like how well equipped everyone is to now deal with this new hive of activity that seems to be coming through. Mm. Um, no one has the silver bullet for it, but yeah, like demand is there. So everyone's looking to figure out how they want to capture that demand and set themselves up yeah. to, um, to treat it as an opportunity. So it's good. I like it. Yeah. So, the, the, I suppose, the, yeah, the only last thing was is around that skill shortage and, and how we as an industry can, you know, combat that because mm. it, it is it is very true. You know, there's a lot of people right now, us included, who struggle to find new stuff, new team members. Um, and I know uh, on the report and, and in, I think in the, in the example, a few things were given like um, efficiencies and tech stacks and outsourcing was another one. Um, and, and we've always been a little bit funny with the outsourcing option. Um, so for us, it's always had to be Efficient, efficiency systemize. and systemizing. Mm. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, what's, what's, your, what's your opinion on, on, on how best to approach, approach that, Will? Yeah, I would say um, 
just start from the inside out from a firm culture perspective, like mm. just make it a really attractive and enticing environment for employees to want to be a part of. Yeah. Um, I personally believe that the accounting profession is like, it's a fantastic career path and creates a ton of opportunity um, once you sort of learn the ropes and understand the fundamentals and get some experience working with clients yeah. across a, a range of industries, there's a lot you can do. You can go start your own practice. For you sure. can merge with another practice. <laughs> you can go into industry and, and work with the profession as an advisor. So there's a ton of opportunity. Um, I think firms that are willing to sort of invest in their culture and their employees' well-being um, will just do a really good job of retaining staff yeah. um, and be willing to sort of go above and beyond to, to reward them for good good output and good performance and good yeah. contribution, both to the firm's culture as well as to client satisfaction. Yeah. Um, like just And then just part of that is like just locking the fundamentals, like get your flexible working or remote working mm. environment right, don't make it a burden for staff, yeah. um, and how do you sort of remove the friction for them. So that, that culture piece um, and internal ways of working and workflow is, is critical. But then the other one, I think is just going beyond the firm and starting to project outwards into the, the community of uh, potential students and graduates mm. that are eyeing up the profession as, is this something I want to go into? Mm. Um, I would love for the whole profession to just get really good at sharing stories and, and showcasing um, how exciting it is to be in the profession because um, it does create a lot of opportunity. I mean, there's no there's no perfect perfect job. Um, anything that's worth doing is is um, is going to have some challenges to it, but yeah. it's about being able to roll up your sleeves and have a vision for where something can take you. And I feel like the accounting profession has has a really attractive vision, and we shouldn't be shy of, of um, shining the spotlight on that. I, I agree. I think what you're saying is accountants are cool and I've been saying it for years <laughs> yeah. and no one listens and the kids should jump on board now. They, they should. Yeah. yeah. Well, Lewis, my son, Lewis, three months old, he's, he's definitely jumping on board. He's, he's going to be an accountant. accountant. We, we, we got him a training accountant no onesie, so he's in. <laughs> he's locked in. He's on the payroll, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think it's the right way to go. Like, just, just. I mean, it is. It is an attractive profession. Mm. Just showcase that, and tell more. We just yeah. need to tell more people mm. about it. Um, so and yeah, I, don't don't um, hide behind our four walls in the office. The, the so. other side of that coin, I think, is that if if we're charging for these additional services that we're facing all the time, then you don't need to work with as many clients, and that compliance burden will be less because yeah. you're actually providing more value, more services, and you're being paid for it. Then you don't need to lodge a million tax returns. Mm. Uh, you don't need to worry about outsourcing all of this somewhere else because you only have a limited number of clients that have high value services mm. and get high value work from you. Yeah. Um, and that's more rewarding anyway. That's our opinion. Yeah. I, yeah, I strongly <laughs> advocate for anyone looking to lift their prices. Mm. Um, as long as the value exchange is there and you know that the value has been demonstrated or it exists, then you can do it in good faith and you just yeah. have to get really good at having that conversation with clients, which can be hard as well. Cause yes. mm. I mean, some clients are going to be friends and you know, they're going to be navigating the same um, challenges, economic challenges as what yeah. firm owners are going to be doing. So like, yeah, you can sure, sure you can carry some guilt going into those conversations, but the end of the day, like a healthy practice is one that's going to be able to better serve its clients. So um, yeah, you do have to make sure that you're set, setting up your practice in the most most healthy, um, sufficient, yeah. self-sufficient and sustainable way that you can. I think there was a good story in the report actually of a bookkeeping practice that had done that. Um, let me just fast forward to yeah, that. Cloud9? Cloud9 strategic. Yeah. yeah. So 
um, check that out if that sounds interesting to you mm. when you're listening to this. So, Will, um, we've been conducting some of our own uh, research uh, online lately. Um, it, we, state of the office, we'll call it. Um, <laughs> and uh, we, we had an internal debate around um, a certain issue. I want to get your opinion on it. I want to see which, which side of the coin you, you lie on this. Uh, I, I can tell you the stats live right now, but um, basically... Uh, Tim prefers his water kept in the fridge and always have cold water and I prefer mine room temperature. And, and we can't decide in the office should the jug be in the fridge or not. So we put it out to, to the world and we, we, yeah. t- we took some polls and poll. uh, no one is above 50%. Really? Yeah. Uh, wow. Cold water is in the lead, but if we're working, ah, on, if we're working on preference votes, you know, I think the other two options <laughs> pr- put their preferences towards... Uh, Room temp and and I'm most preferred, um, but but we're, Did we're, anyone like finger water? Yeah, there's like that's that's who put the preferences towards us. Uh, in so the video with the poll, Dan put his finger in my water, so that, <laughs> so that, an that became an option to vote yeah. for. Uh, so, Will, where, where do you lie on on this very important issue? Just before we wrap up, cold, cold. No, that's cold a shame. Cold. No, well, it's yeah. been great having you on the podcast, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> Tim, I guess it's just you and me hanging out. (laughs) (laughs) We should catch up for a cold glass of water sometime, Will. Uh, all right well yeah yeah fine i think that's consistent dan it's well we'll see yeah we'll see whether people vote by the end of the day all right could you conduct this poll at zero will this should this should have made its way into the the benchmarking absolutely should have we should have yeah these are the important issues. These are the important issues that we need to know. We'll take it under consideration for next year. Yeah, um, appreciate the feedback. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Will. We appreciate you coming on the podcast and, and chatting about the state of the industry. And, and we're keen to see what the world says about these reports and and uh, and keep chatting with more accountants. Mm. We love doing that. We will see you maybe at the road shows, but definitely at, uh, at ZeroCon later in the year. So uh, we're looking forward to that. Perfect. Looking forward to it. And um, yeah, until next time I see you guys, enjoy your cold and, and room temperature water. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Will. All right, bye. See you guys.